0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Artistic Futures podcast. My name is Marie, and in this series, I will be meeting a range of people who work in opera and are keen to share their passion with the next generation. From singers to conductors, directors to composers, you will get an insight into how a range of artists built on their careers, turning what they enjoyed doing and were good at into a profession. It will also be full of useful tips and advice for those of you who would be tempted to give it a go. So, let's get started. In this episode, I met with operatic baritone Temba Mvula. We shared a cup of coffee after a long day of rehearsal. Temba will be making his opera north debut as Marilo in our new production of Rigoletto. Born in Zambia, he trained at Birmingham Conservatoire, where he was the winner of the Gordon Clinton English Song Prize. He also was awarded second prize in the Bologna International Vocal Competition in Italy and was a finalist in the inaugural By Voice Alone competition. Temba has performed across the UK and Europe. He is also the musical director of the Lichfield Gospel Choir and committed to opera outreach having worked on a range of education and community projects. Hi Tamba. thank you
1: so much for being uh, here today with me and taking part in the Artistic Futures podcast. It's great to have you. I wanted to ask you, like, where your passion for singing came from I read that you grew up in Zambia Mm -hmm. um, and and I'm just curious to know if there there was any opportunity to sing there and what kind of music and and whether you were uh, aware of the opera world at the time or
2: or... yeah I mean yeah definitely wasn't aware of uh, opera (laughs) at all (laughs) but um, it's interesting because in Zambia singing is much more part of the everyday life and culture so Probably my earliest memories were in church in in Zambia so we went as a family and most of the time it was just unaccompanied voices yeah very free people uh you know making their own harmonies deciding how many times they want to go around and and yeah. so those were my earliest memories of singing I just so I didn't think I almost didn't think too much of it it was just natural and that's what we did yeah. all the time it, not, not even just on Sundays whenever people met and you'd it was very much you know you'd see that on the on the you know, in everyday life, on the streets and stuff like that, people would sing, and it was it was just such a part of the fabric of Zambian life. So, I guess that's my earliest yeah. memories of singing. Mm-hmm. And um, although my mum was like into classical music, and she played piano, and she saw that as a, sort of a, as a as a hobby, I guess. So there was a classical influence there, but we didn't. I don't remember really listening to too much classical music until later on, when I was you know, over in in the UK in secondary school and. You know, got introduced to it through school, I guess, and that's where I really discovered. You know.
1: So, how old more. were you when you you moved to the UK?
2: Um, I was eleven, so I came just uh, at the right time to go into first year of secondary school. I here, see. Yeah, um,
1: yeah,
2: which is good for me. It was good timing. So,
1: uh, was there a lot of music and singing in your school as well?
2: Yeah, um, we. I was very lucky. I think in my in this possibly in the second year I was here, we had a new music teacher um, who came in and. and uh, Miss Rushforth, and she mm-hmm. was just uh, she was brilliant because she, um, there was so much going on in the, in the school music department. She was encouraging people to do all sorts of things, and uh, clearly, me and my, my I've got an older brother who was, who was also yeah. very musical. And the, the, he 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 was much more of a singer before I ever was. So he would he would be doing all the school talent competitions and stuff. And uh. well. As I was sort of in the background playing keyboard, writing songs, and that sort of thing. But um, uh, our music teachers sort of really just. Gave so many opportunities, but then also it was, it was this, I, I don't know if it was clever or just what, I, how she worked, but she would, you couldn't just do the thing that you wanted to. So if you wanted to, you know, sing or something in a concert, you'd ha- then also be in the school choir, then you'd also be in the school band, and then you'd also be involved in the whole musical life of the school. So in yeah. shows and things like this. So I was just kind of exposed to so many aspects of music, not just the, the you know, specific things that I wanted to do. And so I was learning different instruments. Uh, you know, it became my whole world. Became the only thing in school that I was really interested in. So I think it helped that I was doing so many different aspects of music as well. Because it, yeah, it meant I was getting a full-rounded kind of experience.
1: So is that experience you had at school? Is 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 this what like inspired you to then go on and study at a conservatoire?
2: Yeah, I it was the kind of the beginning of it. I think basically what happened was I was doing. Uh, music at GCSE and A level, and in order to, I played piano to like grade six, and I did other things. But in order to really get a good bark, my teacher thought that my best chance was to sing rather than to play, because I yeah, okay. I, I, I I hit the ceiling with not being able to sight read, and I just uh. didn't, didn't want to do the grade seven <laughs> and grade eight. And so, the best way to she thought was was to um, was to to sing. So I started my singing grade seven and eight, and then that's when I was introduced to I guess. Classical solo singing—that was the I first see. time I did that. Was, was was you know purely for my for my edu- for GCSE and A level, and then alongside that, I was progressing through the choir system. So I was in just a, 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 my nearest town was Chester, but I was over the border in North Wales. I joined the National Youth Choir of Wales, and so I was singing with this choir and getting okay. these big experiences yeah. with th- that choir, doing big concerts. You know, introducing so much music. But I remember there was one year in particular. We did uh, a Mahler Second Symphony um, with a big mass, other yeah, choir, so you know, we, so it's you know a massive piece, massive isn't piece it? Yeah. Uh, with orchestra and these yeah. two soloists, and, and that whole experience, that whole week was amazing. But I remember that concert and hearing those two soloists. That was the first operatic singing I'd heard in you know okay. live yeah, in yeah, the space, yeah. and you know it it just sent shivers down my spine. I was like, pro- I mm-hmm. was just like so taken by that whole experience, and um, I was. I guess it was I, was I seventeen or eighteen, and then, okay. and I, I hadn't been planning to go to conservatoire. My singing teacher had been encouraging me, but mm-hmm. I st- was sort of like I was earning money working at Dixon's. You know, I was, <laughs> I was happy with the way my life was going. On, yeah, yeah. Um, but after that experience, I thought, no, this is this is this crazy. Is and I yeah. felt so strongly about yeah. it, so passionate about it. So I thought, right, let's go. And then, you know, that was very last minute. I I think I I had my audition like. Three weeks before term started, and then I was there, you know. And wow, <laughs> so <that's> it was. <laughs> that. That's amazing. Yeah. Gosh.
1: So, so before you started in Birmingham Conservatoire, had you ever been to the opera, or, or did you then discover the world of opera after starting your studies? Yeah, yeah,
2: no, it, it, um, definitely not. I hadn't been to a, a live opera, and it, it's it's funny because I sometimes get asked what, what was the first opera. I actually saw and I think I was probably performed in an opera before I actually went to see one because oh, that's, Jim, Jim, that's great <laughs> I love that <laughs> I think it's great. yeah, no, it's, yeah it's, so it was my first year at university I would have just been in the first you know the, yeah. whichever opera production we put on um, I think it was a contemporary piece but like yeah, that, the, those were my first things and then yeah so at some point I would have been exposed to well seeing yeah. other people at college but then bigger productions it wasn't until later on I went to you know Covent Garden I think was I don't think I went to Covent Garden until after I graduated you know it was a long time after that I really you know got into opera in that way.
0: Yeah
1: I I was interested to to maybe hear from you about what your first experience of being on stage as an opera singer was like so you you mentioned that you took part in a production at the Conservatoire uh, yeah and and after having heard this opera singer and your first experience uh, of Malo two, what, what did it feel like to then be yourself on stage singing? Yeah,
2: it, it was great. Well, one of, one of the things I, I always loved was um, like the acting element, being on stage. And I'd done some musical productions. I think the first, th- first thing I did on stage as a soloist was in Bugsy Malone. I played Fizzy. In some, <laughs> I can't remember how old I was, maybe 14 at the yeah. time. So I did, um, and and I really enjoyed that side of things, the acting, and so that all made sense to me. And I remember we had a um, great acting coach at conservatoire, Michael Barry, and I just I I loved working in that environment when you're you know creating a world. I probably was chorus just in that first, but yeah. it was this contemporary piece, and I I discovered this you know this joy of like creating this world where you're. You Know finding a character or making sense and just being involved in something on stage, so it's a yeah, it felt quite natural to me. And I didn't, I don't even remember really overthinking the vocal aspect of it, but mm-hmm. just rather it was all kind of quite a connected world for me, just enjoying being part of that and enjoying the live, you know, the orchestra, live orchestra, yeah. and other singers around, voices all together. That it, it was just yeah, it was brilliant. I, I really enjoyed all aspects of it, so it felt quite natural.
1: And and do you feel your time at the conservatoire really equipped you with the skills you needed to then start a career?
2: Yeah, I think I think some. I think there's mm-hmm. there's there are actually so many skills. I think that you just yeah you pick up on the way, or that you 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 don't realize until later or whatever. I think there is a, there's there's a lot to it, and so I think I I picked up some key things while I was at the conservatoire for sure. But there's so much there's so much more to discover, and I think. Yeah, the things I enjoyed was a performance experience uh, that I was getting. I learned so much from the stuff in acting, learning all these different songs, all these different song repertoire that I, you know, never come across before, the language aspect as well. There was all sorts of other things involved in the musical life at Conservatoire. So I got a lot from that, but it was very, it was just the beginning, because, especially because opera and classical music hadn't really been in my background. So it yeah. was all new to me. And so I, there was a lot to sort of, Take in and, and um, do, you feel,
1: do you feel that like because you had other musical influences as well do you, mm. do you feel that bringing that into the work you did as a classical singer was maybe something that, that added to what you could offer compared to other singers
2: I think now now it does but I think at the time it was confusing because mm-hmm. I had like for example I had a completely different vocal technique I used to sing yeah. a lot of pop and R&B yeah. and write songs <laughs> and just you know used a very different style of singing. And I think that was a big challenge for me to, mm-hmm. you know, it took, really, it took that took me much, much longer to figure out how to get the right yes. voice, if you like, or, or fight to find my, what, what feels like a natural voice yes. to me now. But at the time, I just didn't know what my voice was. Okay. Um, I think that's probably the biggest challenge. But But now, yeah, I feel like I'm like, I feel really... I don't know I feel like it's enriched me it's kind of shaped who I am as an artist I feel like kind of versatile and really yeah. flexible and adaptable because of this kind of the different experiences I've had the different music backgrounds that I've experienced so now it feels like a massive strength but it took me a, it took me a while to, to feel that way but <laughs> yeah, I'm sure yeah. um.
1: I've totally moved away from my questions, oh, no, because yes, it's been so good. interesting,
2: so <laughs> I don't good.
0: know
1: where I am. <laughs> that's <laughs> good. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to ask you about your, your first main role. I, I know it's the first uh, main role you have here at For mm. North on main stage with, with us yeah. uh, in Rigolette,
2: But There's always a few years, um, uh, and anyone who's sort of been a young singer knows this, you do. Big, couple of years of doing lots of freebies or like pay to sing concerts courses here and there and so I did a few years of that but my first sort of paid um, opera production was a La Boheme and I think I was actually understudy and then it, for some reason I can't remember what happened but the singer dropped out and so last minute I sort of stepped in and it was to do the role of Shona in La Boheme and um, I just yeah I had a great time doing that it was so much fun and yeah and then since then it's been lots of different yeah, lots of different roles and different worlds some new opera as well new new roles and things like that so i feel like i've had quite a varied varied experience like so far not just traditional you know quite like yeah. uh, wide ranging and um yeah it feels great to be here doing marulo now because this is again it's funny you had that there's so many um i don't know if it yeah there's so many it feels like there's so many first time experiences for me so like there's you know, first time you're doing a role, first time you're working with a particular company, first time, you know, whatever. And so mm-hmm. at the moment, everything feels exciting because this is the first time I've done a main stage role with Opera North, first time I've been in Rigoletto. You yeah. know, so like, it's yeah. there's a lot to be excited about at this stage. Every time I'm doing something, it feels new and, and challenging, but like, you know... Exciting, yeah.
1: I think you you took part in in quite a few uh, competitions as well, and you've won a few prizes. Was it like stressful? Do you think it's a good thing for a young singer to be doing? Did mm. you make contacts through doing competitions? And
2: yeah, it's interesting. So I've yeah, I've only actually I haven't done that many actually. Um, I think I did one. I did I entered w- a few competitions when I was at conservatoire. Mm. I won the English Song Prize, which was like I was really tough to because I s- so loved the repertoire. I was doing some Finzi and stuff. And, mm. More recently, I did a couple of things, um, a competition in Italy, in Bologna, and then in London, there was this uh, By Voice Alone competition. They were both really good. I, I mean, it's interesting because I sort of, I hate the idea of competitions, and I, I sort of, my brain doesn't know how to frame what I'm doing. It's like, because it's, it's completely out of context. You're just singing to impress. Yeah. It's sort of really, I really struggle with that idea. Yeah. But I, uh, I had... I guess I had some teachers who encouraged me um, and I was taking advice of speaking to people and, and I felt that it would be a good thing because it does... And what's interesting is it does... Whether you like it or not, it does make an impact on your CV. There's you know, there's a there's a stage... Well, certainly because I didn't do a post-grad. I didn't do any further study. I took a long gap after undergrad and then just sort of found my way back in without doing opera school or anything like that. And when you're in that world, I remember it being really difficult in... Either to get an audition, or f- even if I had an audition and people liked me, they would always be asking like what I had done and who you know, almost to validate <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, like... And I find it really difficult. And as soon as I'd done these competitions. People would take things take. It felt like people took me more seriously. People knew what I was doing. They're like, "Oh, you, you've done this, or you've oh, okay." And mm-hmm. and I hate that because that's you know, I've, but
1: it, it doesn't it, reflect on what you do. Yeah, I've like always been you know, I'd always yeah,
2: been yeah. doing the same thing. And yes. if you you know, if you auditioned me, I would have sung the same. You yes. know, <laughs> but this little bit, these little things on uh, on a bit okay. of paper. It's the same with master classes. If you've done a couple of master classes with. You know, someone important. If you've got some names. Yeah, CV. yeah it's yeah, like, yeah. why does that matter? But it, it, for for whatever reason, it does. It does, it does yeah. matter. And, and and I think, I think fortunately, I think it, that phase didn't last too long for me. So I feel like once once you've got past that phase and then you get a significant job for a company, mm-hmm. then then the world starts coming just on on merit yeah, and from course, your, your role yeah. experience. But there is this weird, well, in my experience, it was this weird time where I just needed these yeah, things so on my CV. A career where, yeah. where you,
1: Basically, you need to get the auditions. So yeah, that's, that's yeah, how yeah. you get them, isn't yeah, it? Exactly.
2: Yeah, exactly. There's so much competition within singing. You know, if I, 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 you know, sometimes I think we, as singers we're sort of quite kind of miffed about you know audition panels and how they choose or whatever. But there is, or we have to remember, there's so many people auditioning for things, and ultimately, how do you make that decision? Like it's, it's, I don't know. But yeah. like <laughs> you, yeah. you know, so every little thing that is an advantage, um, yeah. you know, matters. I guess.
1: I think today like the opera world is still seen and, well, and classical music in general it's still seen as quite predominantly white and, mm. and elitist as well Do you feel that things are changing a bit and that um, we are getting into a, a, a better direction to open up to uh, new people taking part in productions and to engage with younger and more diverse mm. audiences?
2: We're at an interesting stage because I think there's a lot of stuff that's happening either initiatives or people are much more aware and trying to do something about this issue so Mm -hmm. I feel like some things are very genuine and and, and natural but there's also some things which are sort of because of
1: uh a tick box a tick box
2: but like not not I don't mean that in a necessarily bad way it's like but that's that's sort of the state that's the we're sort of in that phase where that's sort of what's needed. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Um,
1: kind of in between t- stage. Yeah, yeah. To, get, to
2: get things moving, I, I guess. And so so there's some good in that because it is actually just, you know, there, there's some things that you just need to happen and yeah. even if they're a bit sort of clumpy clunky, or messy in the process, you know, for me, representation on, on stage, visible representation is really important. So yeah. if people sort of come to that through some sort of tick box mentality or whatever, but but it what it means is that a production has mass representation on stage, then there's gonna be a whole load of people, younger people who might see that. And that's really important. So however you virtually inspire that, people. Yeah.
1: I think people so, need to see themselves represented on the stage to be able to engage with the content. Absolutely, as well, absolutely. It?
2: And it so it's it's a we're in a bit of a messy phase, I think, with lots of good things happening, but it's well, I think people are figuring out how to do it because the opera, for whatever reason, is just—it's not even just the diversity issue. It's like it's this elitism thing. It's just so complicated. People sort of don't know how, how yeah. to deal with opera, how well, to I th- promote th- I it.
1: Think it the, one of the issues is that most of the pieces that are performed regularly mm-hmm. are, are quite old, aren't they? So the mm-hmm. values um, are very different to the values we have today.
2: I, I don't know. I I think people forget that opera is raw and it's powerful, whatever it is. And and there's this fear of doing something new or doing something too different. And this this idea that we sort of need to, there's this over respect for like the canon and Mm. how things have been done traditionally and stuff. And and what you forget is you put an opera singer in a room with anyone and people will be like, wow. Like, you know, I've done so much work with school kids from like literally all over the country, all different backgrounds. I've worked with adults from all different backgrounds. And the reaction is always the same. People are amazed that what is this sound? How do you make that voice? And it, there's we, we sometimes forget this raw like magic in, in opera. And if I think if more people, more whether it's producers or companies or theatres whatever believed in that, they would program more adventurous. There's new there's new operas been written. There's yes. new stuff. There's yeah. new stories to tell. I've been very I lucky suppose, to do yeah. some of some of that. But there's definitely. There's definitely a way. I, you know, you just got to believe in it as an art form. I think, and and make things happen.
1: wondering if you always had an interest in music education as well as the work you do as a singer
2: that side of things started before I sort of got back into singing properly because after I graduated sort of just wanted to break stop singing for a bit and um, (laughs) just did various other musical projects and you know trying to you know finding work in all kinds of doing playing in bands Mm -hmm. and teaching and stuff and Mm -hmm. that's where I started uh, my first sort of job was teaching um singing in a you know school sc- um, secondary school primary yeah, but, yeah. school and um i really discovered how much i enjoyed that so that became a big part of my life i did more and more teaching and to one point i was I think i was doing like four full days a week or something and but i loved it i, I don't know. there was something really enjoyable about working with them and yeah. bringing their voices out and just just getting their passion for music um yeah. developing that with them or nurturing that and um that was sort of what got me back, got the passion back for myself, was working with, with, people, them. with uh, young people because yeah, right. I had a few pupils who did just really well and went on to do like exciting things. Some of them I've gone to conservatoires and other things since. That got me really excited about like pushing, like pushing is the wrong word, but like encouraging them and bringing that, all of that stuff out in them. And, and that sparked my own passion because I was thinking like, what well, you know, mm. I don't know. It just felt so obvious for, for me to go away from that situation and go back home and work on my own stuff and work on my own technique and work on, yeah. you know, it really brought the passion back for me. And so I think that's where my interest or my enjoyment started with that. Um, and alongside that, I'd been running this community choir in Litchfield, this gospel choir, and which is a very, that, you know, that's just a community field, non-auditioned and very just very enjoyable, very fun, very... It's probably
1: closer to, to the experience of seeing you had as a child. Yeah, exactly. Free there, and yeah, no yeah. rules yeah. and just
2: sort of going for the joy of it rather, yeah. you know, rather than for the perfection. And yeah. so I guess these two things really became natural and really something I enjoyed doing. And, and so I found myself doing more and more workshops with different organizations or different, um, yeah, different companies. And to begin with, that was more sort of broadly music and choral based. But then, over time, that became very much an opera thing. So um, I did uh, quite a few projects in Birmingham. One attached to the Hippodrome there's Opera Quest, and that was working with you know kids who had never experienced opera before and creating their own opera. And I remember how I actually remember the first session I did with um, working with this organisation. There was this uh, fantastic uh, woman who was who was kind of leading the project. And uh, at one point, I think there was maybe three of us in the room. She said, "Okay, we're going to split into groups, and we're going to." write a new piece just like you know just like t- two minutes of it and uh off you go and like she's like template you're gonna leave this group and I was like okay and <laughs> so I had this this group of 10 children in front of me and we like had some idea we're like okay so what are we gonna write and um I was you know panicking and like yeah. not really sure how was that gonna work and but then realizing how quickly like they came up with ideas they came mm-hmm. up with melodies I was like oh this is like so easy and really fun and was, yeah, I think
1: children don't have the same stress we have about these things. So yeah. They just go on get on with it. Yeah. They just do it, then they it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It is
2: amazing. Yeah. And, and and their teachers, I think, before going into the project, they were the ones who were like, Oh, I don't know if our children are gonna like this, we don't do you know and all this sort of stuff. And and of course like all the kids, even the naughty ones like loved it, were fully engaged and stuff. And so that really got me like excited about that. And then
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, I, I found myself doing more and more uh, sort of that education opera work in in, yeah. in school settings and, and you've had, done
1: you've done the whistle stop for us as yeah well. so so we we won we whistle stop where we do a short version of an opera and I, mm. I think it was marriage figaro? of figaro yeah, uh, yeah yeah so how was that for, how was that experience for you
2: yeah so that was that was so much fun because um it was really everything like opera can be is really straight to the point really um
1: and fizzing, funny as
2: well. Funny yeah. and and it, and it worked to all audiences because we did that. we did that in in some schools, but we also did it in cocktail bars and and we did it in big in these big fancy manor houses and like donut events and stuff like that. But the same piece that we were taking then the next day into like secondary school and it just worked and everyone loved it, enjoyed it, found it funny and and yeah, I think that's real kind of testament to like what you know good art can can do. And if you find the right formula and just make it enjoyable and um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I loved I loved that. And that kind of really, again, that was liberating for me because, you know, you can play so much with it. There's you're, And you're in different spaces as well. So you're not just on a stage, stage left, stage right. Yeah. Here's the props. We were in like one minute, we're in a church. Next minute, we're like at the end of, like I said, in, like at the end of a bar. And so yeah. you've got to, you just play. And you get so
1: much closer to the audience as well. It's so much closer to the,
2: the audience. Way. You get, look them in the eye. You mm-hmm. move around them. And um, yeah, yeah, that... That really develops you as a performer because you sort of, and I, I actually, I, I, I'm sort of caught between because I obviously love the big stage stuff, but there is something really enjoyable about playing with the noise, being able to see them and interact with them in 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 much more intimate spaces.
1: So yeah, if you had one advice to give to a young person who who enjoys singing and think oh maybe i i could be an opera singer or a singer in general um yeah. what 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 would that
2: be <laughs> <laughs> this is a hard question it's yeah really hard. i think yeah it's hard because everyone is everyone is different i think that the hardest thing is figuring out who you are and what you enjoy and, and letting that guide you rather than being this is what i was saying about the problem with having specific uh roles and voice types which are important so there's obviously you, ha- you need that framework but Sometimes you find yourself pursuing something that you're just doing because that's what you should be doing. And, and it's it's really, I found it really important to actually strip or step back from all of that and just make sure that I actually want to do it in the first place and then I'm getting something enjoyable from it. There's lots of amazing different career choices and stuff but I think if, if, if you do love singing, then this is the, this is the most exhilarating feeling, it's, you know, to, to create the sound with your own body and... interact with people to act and stuff and and i think it's really important to to make sure that you that's what you're that's driving you that that's your passion and i think then the rest is because the rest is quite hard it's a very competitive it's a lot of work i imagine as well to prepare for up for our walls and
1: yeah
2: yeah yeah. yeah, there's a there's a lot of um there's a lot of different elements to it like you talked about languages and uh, lots of stagecraft, lots of other things that you, you'd you have to consider, as well as just voice training and, and the years that you might spend doing that, you know, years beyond just studying at a conservatoire, you know. And so there's a lot of personal investment, a lot of time that you might be away, you don't have the structure to your life and, you know. So there's yeah,
1: because there's a lot of travel as well. A lot of travel. So you're, you will be in, in one opera house for maybe three months and then yeah. moving to another place. Yeah, so yeah. yeah.
2: So it's it's there's lots of it's, there's lots that's potentially quite tough about it, and so if you if you sort of don't have that passion, then it's you know then it's probably like I don't know it's <laughs> I would be like okay, let's just maybe find something else because but if, if you do have that passion, then you can absolutely make it work and you can make it yeah you can make it your life and you can make it the, like it's this exhilarating journey where you're um, I love travel for example, and so this is amazing. I'm getting yeah. to see different places all the time. I love meeting people and like learning about different things so this is like it's perfect for me and then um, and yeah obviously I love singing so like and performing and so creating these different roles preparing for different productions it's it's really like it's a bit of a rush for me and I, I, I love it.
1: We spoke a bit about the fact that it's, it was sometimes challenging to get auditions at the beginning yeah. but do, would you have any advice for young people um, about how to prepare for an audition for
2: instance? Mm, yeah I think The best thing is to be, I mean, it sounds obvious, it? but like it's to be as prepared as you can. But I think you can sometimes you can overcomplicate that process. And I think and, and sometimes set yourself something that's too difficult. You'll you'll try. I often find and this is even with friends that people are often and I'm the same. You're always thinking two steps ahead. You're always wanting to be at the next level before you're there and for auditions, that's the that's not the right approach. You need to be presenting almost like a step behind. This is what you can do comfortably. This is what you can present, and then you can walk into an audition room confident, not worrying about the words or this technique that you've just sort of mastered just two weeks ago. Yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, you, what you really need is that sort of just to be relaxed, to be in a space and say, this is what I can do, I can do it really well. Yeah, and so be
1: a bit clever about what kind of repertoire yeah, you choose. And what, yeah, yeah,
2: because I think people will, you know, people at audition panels aren't impressed, you know, by something, I mean, if you can do something really technically well, then of course, but that's, you know, that's not what they're looking for. They're just looking for someone who's natural and at ease and comfortable and makes them relax. I think, I'm, you know, I've not mm-hmm. been on an audition panel, but I, I sort of feel like my best auditions are when I just go in and I'm sort of, you know, I'm very relaxed, I sort of, it, to some extent don't care whether I get the job or not and I'm just doing the thing that I do yes. and just being yes. like okay see you later yes. and then I, I sometimes even forget you know and then you, you hear about it, oh I got the part or something you know that's right. because I think that sounds a bit sort of crazy how, in a way how,
1: how do you get into that frame of mind that you're going very relaxed I mean how do you deal with the with the pressure I don't know is it, is it something you think, you tell yourself beforehand okay I'm not going to
2: worry um, right now, so. I think it's two things for me For me, um, it's two things one is for one, for me, I I had to at some I I really struggled with kind of, I guess some sort of level of stage fright or just performance, fright to some degree, and I had to figure out how to breathe properly before yeah. going on stage and going mm-hmm. auditions. Deep breathing, there's lots of stuff on the internet, so like people can find different the approach that works for them. But that was really important. Mm-hmm. But also the mindset for me is, I think I stopped trying to impress. Stop trying to. Present what I trying to figure out what they wanted, what audition panels wanted, and I just uh, or what was good enough or what was a high enough standard of aria or something. I just focused on this is what I enjoy, this is what I can do really well, this is me.
0: You've been listening to the Artistic Futures podcast with the wonderful Temba Mvula. Next time, I will be speaking to orchestra player Adam Mackenzie. Adam has been Principal Bassoon with the Orchestra of Opera North for the last five years and recently took on the role of Head of Instrumental Learning within the education team. If you have any burning questions for our future guests or would like to suggest people you would like to meet, please email education at north.co.uk. You can also find us on Twitter search for North Education. See you next time!